Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling the Conversation Station or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devin, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, and Bill Sparks. Well, good evening from a much cooler Indianapolis, Indiana than where I was last week. But we're too busy to talk about the weather. We've got a whole lot of hot news ready to talk to you about. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, well, happy sports equinox, everybody. This is the one of the few days in the year when all four major sports are underway. And uh, I don't know, I guess we didn't have one last year as far as I, I think the NBA started. Uh, yeah, we did. We, we actually we? had one last year. We had one last year where one city, L.A., had five major sport, or five oh, sports right. playing at the same time yeah. on the same day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, <clears throat> well, we got one today. This is show number 64, October 27, 2019. We're going to be uh, hitting a quick baseball note. Then we're going to do the NFL. We're going to get back to baseball. We're going to go do college uh, football. We'll do a little NBA, and we'll do um, uh, hockey and, uh, you know, a little bit of hockey. Uh, probably a couple of deaths, really, in hockey because, uh, really, the season is just getting underway. But the NBA did start off with a bang this week. And we have uh, ringside Robert here as a panelist, too, Robert Herrick. And also, main reason is back. He's been here a couple of times, and we're going to uh, maybe plumb his knowledge for NBA stuff as, as we go And along. NFL, definitely. He's a Rams fan. fan, yeah. All two Rams fans. Oh, my God. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, though, Perry, why don't you hit us with the baseball note that you uh, you uh, have been following? So the uh, baseball story, and this is probably the biggest story of the day so far, Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals was scratched from his start tonight uh, in the World Series due to back and neck spasms. Apparently, the Nationals became aware of these problems yesterday. Uh, he received treatment, went home last night, woke up this morning, texted his manager and said that uh, it had just totally locked up. And uh, just a couple of seconds ago, crossing the wire, apparently it, it was so bad that his wife had to help him get dressed this morning. Mm. Now, he has received more treatment today, probably a cortisone shot, and they are holding out hope that he could pitch in Game 7 should the series go that far. So we got a, a potential bloody sock uh, situation. Potentially, yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 we do. Okay, but Sean, we forgot we kind of, I wanted to get that in yeah. right away because it's breaking news, but why don't you uh, do your preliminary uh, little info that you did? All right. Well, first of all, anybody, as it said on the beginning, if you want to join us and call in, you have a question, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923 and then hit 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. When you come in, you're muted. If you want to ask a question, star nine raises your hand on the phone, the more key on your iPhone and Alt-Y on the computer. Also, if you're listening anytime throughout the week, dial 800 693-0595, hit option two. That is the all things radio uh, voicemail message, but we can take voicemail. Maybe we'll start playing them back, you know, because there's a lot of people that do listen throughout the week. Yeah. Also, you can interact with us anytime throughout the week on the Sports Lounge board, 
3642. Hit 5 for the main menu. Go to bulletin board number 9. That is where you get all the sports lounge interaction. And board 13 is where you get all your TV sports schedules, your XM schedules, all your league schedules. All and of that way the series schedules are back, too. Yeah, the series schedules are back, so you get those over there also, and, you know, it's all there, NHL, NBA schedules. Uh, yeah, we are serious off. about schedules. We really are. Yes, yeah, we, we are. Really are. But, but the NFL, crazy day in the NFL, and a lot of, well, crazy day in sports in general, but the NFL, <laughs> yeah. man, we had some stuff today. We did. Well, let's start back on Thursday night, and apparently, uh, from what I heard today, this game outdrew every game so far in the World <clears throat> Series, believe it or not. Vikings nine, uh, 19, I should say, Redskins 9. But that's that's pretty big not, when that well, has outdrawn I every game of the whole series. Gambling, it, 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 it got 10 million Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights game got 12 million, and Friday night's game got 12. So it was 2 million short of outdrawing Wednesday and Friday's game. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to say, I bet you gambling had something to do with that. Well, it wasn't exactly, and, and really the World Series games haven't been exactly scintillating, maybe the first game of that, but, you know, there, there was not a scintillating game. The, the Redskins, I mean, the Vikings did what they had to do. It was a workmanlike win. Uh, a lot of people in contests, they picked them to be the high-scoring team of the week. They picked them to really shut out the Redskins, and, uh, you know, the Redskins still haven't scored a touchdown. They don't know how to score touchdowns anymore. They haven't done that no. in over two games now. There is that, but uh, the, the, uh, the Vikings got it done and that's what you need to do and we had a couple teams that couldn't do that this week you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat at home if you're going to make the playoff and the Vikings are certainly in the middle of the playoff hunt and we certainly would say touchdowns not field goal yeah right yes right Seahawks 27 Falcons 20 the game really wasn't that close the Falcons kind of got back in it a little bit at the end but the Seahawks did what they had to do yeah, they got off to a really quick start, I think with 17, uh, similar to the Patriots game later. They got off to a really quick start, got it done early, and then kind of coasted the rest of the way. And, and uh, you know, the Cincinnati is woeful. And, no, uh, Atlanta. 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 Well, Atlanta. you know what? Cincinnati is woeful, too. But they mention We might mention, Chris, that Atlanta went, uh, Matt Ryan was out with an injury, so Matt Schaub was the quarterback. Correct, correct. So an old former uh, Houston Texan, and uh, he did okay, actually, um, you know, yeah. considering. But, uh, you know, they... They just really didn't have the horses to deal with Seattle. And the Dan Quinn watch continues. Oh, I, I don't think that I don't think that'll happen until probably the end of the season. No, you're, yeah. you're right, Perry. But I enjoy making you know. If, uh, okay, we well, have about ten more. If you want to say it, Robert, you probably have ten more times to say yeah. it. Yeah, and, and, and since the Super Bowl, that's the way that franchise has been. So, uh-huh. Eagles thirty-one, Bills thirteen. This was the first time the Bills really got beaten pretty badly. They yes, did, and the Eagles pulled away, and it was their ground game that did it this time. It wasn't it was. uh, Wentz filling the air with football. They, they were, had had their running game established for the first time this year, and I had a feeling they were going to do this. I had a feeling they were going to have a bounce-back game. They were so bad against the Cowboys last week. Buffalo maybe a little bit over their heads. I mean, they're still a pretty good team, and they're still uh, in good shape for the for uh, a potential wild-card uh, berth, but uh, they've got to get more offense somehow because they you knew when they got behind like that there was no way they were going to come back. Because they well, just and the weather was pretty bad. Yeah, today in Buffalo, too. It was, it was windy, and, uh, you know, so that made it harder, too. In another game to where the analogy of touchdowns, not field goals, Chargers 17, Bears 16. The Bears, uh, basically, for the last minute, they stood there, uh, watched a whole minute rolled off the clock, and then Eddie Pinheiro missed a 41-yard field goal. And I would have tried to score the touchdown right there had it been me. 
Well, the, the other thing, too, is they lost, in, in doing that, they lost him, you know, to line him up the way he needed it, one to be. They lost, they lost yardage. It made it a longer field goal. It was a 41, 42-yard field goal, and it could have been about where they were. It was a 16. Could have been around eight yards uh, shorter than it was. And, you know, uh, shades of Cody Parkey. And, uh, you know, the Bears fans have to be like, what do we have to do? But the offense, they look better, but they still only got 16 points. And, they, you know, it was, as you said, touch, field goals and not touchdowns. And they uh, just really are, are struggling. And Trubisky, you know, they look better with Chase Daniels in there, frankly. They, they did. Uh, Matt, 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 Nagy, Matt Nagy, by the way, says hold, – hold on, you guys. Matt Nagy, by the way, after the game, says that he has total confidence in Eddie Pinheiro. Go ahead, main reason. Now, now, they did run the game. This, this, in this particular game, uh, David Montgomery, uh, early round draft pick that they picked in the uh, draft this season, had over 100 yards. But that Cody Party psychological syndrome, Bears watching because the Bears the Bears truly lost their mind over the offseason trying to compensate for what Party did, trying to find the kicker. Now, he clearly thought that he had this one in the bag, he must not have trusted Trubisky or any aspect of his offense. Yeah. 41 yards seemed to be within Pinero's makeable distance, and, and, and he went for the win, and in and, 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 and party-like fashion, Pinero didn't get it. So, yeah, he, and, so and, did the Bears frazzle, and, did the Bears frazzle and lose their mind behind this kicker missing? And Eddie Pinero is a decent kicker because he used to be a Raider, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, 41 yards, most kickers will make that in the NFL. So I, and, yeah. and remember, and remember, Chris, David Montgomery, the main reason mentioned, is a former Iowa State cyclist. There we'll you go. That out of for course. You. Of course. <laughs> Lions 31, Giants 26. This one was a pretty good game today. Yeah. Uh, the Lions, I didn't think they were going to get beat necessarily, but the Giants kept it close. They did. They, the Lions got ahead. They kind of had them in arm's length for the most part, but the Lions, you know, should be have, should have a better record. They probably shouldn't have lost to Green Bay. Uh, you know, they maybe couldn't have, could have beaten Arizona, and they ended up with that tie they're still in the hunt uh you know and now the bears are they're ahead of the bears and you know the nfc it's, it's going to be a real scramble for those two wild card spots because yes. uh, you know you know that somebody's going to win that division probably the packers and then the vikings and the lions and the bears and the uh, seattle and the rams and all these people are going to be fighting for these these wild card spots it's gonna, but nobody's going to get one from the nfc east they're, they're, that's the nfc leads right now i don't know if you heard this though chris but today uh, steve torrey and bill leckis were saying on their preview show in the nfc most of the teams are either right around 500 or a bit above. Yes. In the AFC, they have six teams that are even competitive, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the whole, but you know what? The whole AFC South won today, so that improved that statement a little bit. So they're they're going to have quite a battle for that division. But you know, you yes, it's going to be a lot harder. A team is going to not make it. That's going to be nine and seven or ten and six in the NFC. It looks like. Yep. Titans 27, Bucks 23. Jameis Watch continues. He threw some more picks today. And uh, Cody Parkey, by the way, for the, for the Bear fans, <laughs> is kicking and doing a pretty decent job for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, there you man. go. You know, the, the Jameis threw some. Uh, Mike Evans had a big day, and they connected for a couple, three touchdowns. And so he, he giveth and he taketh away. And he did have a good day, but, you know, it's just usually just coming short. Then Tampa Bay is just, uh, they're not one of the teams in the NFC that's going to be in that wild card. No, he certainly are not. No. Rams 24, Bengals 10. The game really, in all honesty, it was it was a 14-point game, but you, you didn't ever feel that the Rams were in any sort of trouble with the Bengals. The Bengals are just, that's one of those teams that are, that are just horrible. 
They are, and that's right. That's why I mentioned them twice instead of remembering to mention Atlanta. That's <laughs> how bad they are. But yeah. no, they, the uh, Bengals just don't have anything going. They they uh, really they were talking today in the pregame on on NFL Radio about uh, Mixon and how he was the leading rusher in the AFC last year, and now he's like thirty third or I forget what it is, but it was a horrible statistic. Or no, maybe that was an FIN with the uh, fantasy people or, or on SiriusXM with fantasy. Either way, there's nothing going on, and you know, yeah, AJ Green is even back for the trading deadline. So they could trade him to get something. So, uh, you know, it just anything that's going on in Cincinnati is all bad right and now. And the trading that's deadline fun. is Tuesday afternoon. Correct, 4 p.m. Yes. Eastern, yes. Well, I'm sure our friend Pierre is going to be in a wonderfully happy mood for several reasons, one of which yes. is the Saints won today. Uh, they beat the Cardinals today 31-9 to in Drew Brees' return, and he played decently well. He did. It was a Drew Brees type of game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's been winning, and you can't complain about that, but he's been more managing the game. Here's Drew Brees with 370 yards, and he threw one to Thomas, and he threw, you know, and they, they actually, the guy, too, Latavius Bennett, uh, I mean, uh, Murray did very well, too. Another uh, former Raider, Chris. Another, another former Raider, and, you know, uh, the thing is that, you know, you looked at when they were going to have uh, no Albert Kamara, and you say, what's going to happen to the team? Well, uh, Murray has uh, kicked right in there, and uh, when Kamara comes back, they're going to have the two-headed monster like they did last year with Ingram and Kamara, it looks like. And I think one thing that hurt the, the Cardinals today is they were down two running backs, David Johnson, and I forget who the other guy was, but they were down two running backs today in the NFL. That's... That's big when you're down that many. Arizona is one of those teams. They're going to have a decent year, but they're going to be much improved. And their fans will come out of the year. If they win six games, seven games, they'll be under 500. <laughs> but their fans will feel like they've accomplished something because they really have a good thing going there with, uh, you know, with the, the way Arizona's playing. And they played hard in all their games, and uh, they're, they're a pretty decent team. Colin Murray, Colin Murray looks like he is the answer. He's justifying at least the hope. Uh, uh, that he provides being that number one overall pick. Much more, much more than Josh Rosen was. That's right. correct. <laughs> Jaguars, Jaguars twenty nine, Jets fifteen. The Jets just do not look good. They, they're another no. awful team. No. Well, they played better than they did last Monday night. But Minshew Magic continues. Remember. Did you guys, yes, Minshew Magic or Mania or whatever they got going. Did you guys hear, and I didn't get it, they, they were referring to it during the football uh, pregame, about something about a ghost. Uh, what, what is this going uh, on? What, okay, what happened Monday night is Sam Darnold was mic'd by ESPN, and during one of the segments where he was mic'd, he went over to the sidelines and told his coach, I'm seeing ghosts. Because that's how good the Patriots' defense was. Okay, well, it is getting to be Halloween, so (laughs) I don't know. But no, they the Jets are you know they had their one win against Dallas, and occasionally I remember the Patriots being lousy and picking off the Raiders once in a while or the Dolphins or something. You can do it once in a while, but uh, the the Jets are far from a good team right now. Darnold's a pretty good quarterback, though. Uh, That's who they're going to build around. He's pretty good. Not much to say about this one. Forty Niners fifty-one, Panthers thirteen. Cool. No, uh, it was funny when you when you were at that for about the, the first hour of the late game. You had the Patriots on one channel and the 49ers on the other, and it was like when at 3:30 in the afternoon when you're watching, let's say Clemson and Alabama killing these teams. I mean, the Patriots game settled down. The 49ers continued to go on, but they're the number. You know, if the Patriots are the number one team, the 49ers are the number two team. I mean, they're, uh, they're you know they're undefeated too. So you know they're, uh, they're right I'm, there. As everybody knows, I'm not a 49er fan, but so far from what I've seen this year. 
the San Francisco 49ers are the best defense in football. I mean, they just literally shut teams down. Well, the and, Patriots and, are doing it too. So, I know. And, and the Patriots, this, of course, the human interest will go off the charts if you end up with Jimmy Garoppolo against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, that's, just, that's what the networks want, and especially around here. I mean, that, that will really get things going. But, no, San Francisco is a tough team. The New Orleans is right there. You know, there's, there's some really good teams in the NFC. Oh, they yeah. kind of have, a, have a, an, the inside track in the AFC, but in the NFC, it's crazy. Seven Browns thirteen. You just never felt the Patriots were in any kind of trouble in this game at all. The Browns, no, the Browns might be in that. They may be in that list, Chris. So far, of one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Well, I thought, though, unfortunately, that they were a little overrated when they started. You know, they hadn't done anything yet. They had a rookie head coach, and I was kind of, yeah, they got some players here, but, uh, you know, they haven't really played as a unit, and they're changing coaches and everything else, and I just wasn't sure that they weren't a bit overrated, too. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing is, you should have heard Scott Zolak. If you do, if you listen to the Patriots broadcast, he was ripping the kitchen to new ones, pretty much. I mean, he was just basically saying every. How about the time that there was fourth and like whatever six or something, and they they took a time. I had a penalty, and then they did, they were going to punt, and then he said, "Hey, now it's fourth and eleven or whatever it is. Let's go for it." I mean, that was that was classic. That was an amazing. And Bill call. Belichick became the third coach in NFL history today to win three hundred games. And ironically, of course, he won some of them with the Browns. And the first game he won was with the Browns in Foxborough Stadium in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, and. Um, the only other two coaches that have over 300 wins are Don Shula and George Hallis. So well, there you go. And so the, 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 the Cleveland Browns. Okay, go ahead, man. The Cleveland Browns are another in the long list of cautionary tales that we say games are not won on paper. That right. is correct. Right. That's why they play the games, as Chris Berman would say. Why they play the games. Yeah. And, of course, the yeah. Chiefs and the Packers are just underway. Yeah, you missed the game. You missed Bill's game. Now, you don't want to not miss You don't want to talk about the Colts. You want to talk about the Colts, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we missed, missed the Colts. We, we the did Colts miss the Colts. Colts. They won. Uh, Colts beat the Broncos. What was the final on that, Chris? 15 to 1615. Yeah, 1615. 1615. Or 1513. Oh, I got it here. Yeah, 1513 is correct. Yep. Okay. And now, this was quite a story for our old friend here, Adam Vinatieri, because he missed an extra point. He missed a field goal, so he had already left four points on the field. He Before halftime, he kicked a 55-yard field goal, and then he kicked a 40, uh, what was it, 41? Uh, no. 51-yarder to win the game. to win it. Yeah. So Adam, re, you know, uh, redeemed himself where he would have been talking about retiring again. But, Bill, what, did, what was your thoughts on that game today? A good team will know how to win when they don't play such a great game, and that's exactly right. what they did. Yep. There's, there's a difference between your 500 teams and your teams that go farther into the 
playoffs because they found a yeah. way to to win the game and they came back to win the game when they didn't play that well. Denver, right. I mean, come on, but they played well enough to win. Okay. Well, that's our that's our scoreboard, Chris. Why don't you take a look at the uh, schedule okay. for this week and then. Uh, then we have this guy that I just don't know that we want to unmute because he's going to be probably un- unbearable because of all these things going on down there. Okay. Go and then we have a couple of other things to tell people about, a couple of people who lost in the wor- football world, too. And for those but- that are in there, for those that are interested in keeping up uh, with the Larry and Jimmy contest, we have three of us that are in there, I believe. I think there's three of us in here that are in there uh, and that are on the panel. And Chris is like 12 and 1. He's killing it this week. So I far. am for a change. Uh, it's not been good up until now. Reason, but, we're just kind of hanging down there. Then we're kind of just. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, actually tonight, I, you were going to say, Perry, when we interrupted you, that tonight we have the game between the uh, uh, Packers and Chiefs in Kansas City that will just be getting underway. And tomorrow night, we have a yesterday Pitt and Miami played in college basketball, uh, college football. I mean, and t- uh, tomorrow uh, they're playing again in uh, in Pittsburgh again, same stadium. So it's uh, same yeah, well, what a way to celebrate my birthday tomorrow, Monday night football. Did Miami, not oh, all right, everybody send their cards and, and uh, you know, and their me, money. Didn't and give stuff. me a good birthday game for Monday night. So no, well, they you know, and but the thing is, uh, will Miami, who uh, will they win? Uh, you know, like they did yesterday. I don't, I somehow don't think so. But and I also I think, think so. that uh, I, I think that the Miami uh, Hurricanes might be a better team than the Miami Dolphins. I'm not that's sure. Correct. That's how bad they are. Yeah. So for the schedule, well, on Halloween night, Thursday, October 31st, we have San Francisco at Arizona, 8.20 p.m. on Fox and the NFL Network. And then we move to Sunday, November 3rd. We have Jacksonville at Houston. And that's the, yeah, as we said, the uh, Wimbledon game or the Wembley Stadium or wherever they're going to be. Yeah, Wim- Wimbley Stadium, Wimbley, 930. Yeah, 9.30 a.m. And that's on an NFL Network. <laughs> and, of course, you'll get it on Westwood One Radio. And you'll also get it on your, uh, on your uh, you know, Sirius XM, XM, uh, yeah. and your TuneIn Live and all that. So That's right. Uh, and actually, both crews are pretty good. I like the Jacksonville folks, too. They're pretty good as well. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. both crews. Washington at Buffalo, 1 p.m. On, that's on Fox. We have Minnesota at Kansas City, 1 p.m. That's a, another Kansas City Super Bowl rematch. We have one tonight. Uh, yep. Minnesota at Kansas City, 1 p.m., and that's on Fox. Well, Washington uh, we Buffalo is a rematch, Super Bowl rematch, too. Yeah. That is. That is. Uh-huh. That is. Yeah. We have the Jets at Miami. Oh, boy, 1 p.m. on CBS. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they'll be breaking down the walls to watch that game. That's right. Maybe, maybe so, but the most famous Jets Miami thing, maybe we'll have a fake um, spike, and maybe that'll happen. There I don't you know. go, that's, yeah. That's Somebody's going to win. Yeah. Okay, we have Chicago at Philadelphia, 1 p.m. Uh, on Fox, and uh, this, I think that uh, the Bears are in trouble, and I think the Eagles will probably win that one. Indianapolis at Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. on TBS. We have Tennessee at Carolina, 1 p.m. on TBS. Detroit at Oakland, 4.05 p.m. on Fox, so CBS has a doubleheader. We're finally uh, home after 49 consecutive days away from home. Yes, so. and the Raiders have actually kind of hung in there. You know, I mean, they're, I don't know, they're kind of in contention in the AFC. So, I, so, I don't they, think so, but. You no, know, three and four, so I don't know. Tampa Bay at Seattle, 4.05 p.m., and that's on Fox. We have Cleveland at Denver. Oh, well, 425 p.m. on CBS. <clears throat> well, I guess they didn't flex anything to, to fix that no, up. No, I don't think so. We yeah. have, though, Green Bay at the Chargers, 425 p.m. on CBS. That's, that's and there'll be more Green Bay fans there than Chargers. That's yeah, they will. Yeah, Packers travel well. The good Sunday night game we have, but maybe the guest best game of the weekend, is the Patriots at Baltimore, 820 p.m. on NBC. And watch out for the Ravens. The Ravens, you know, the Steelers seem to be a little intimidated by the Patriots, and the uh, Patriots have really had their way with them. Ravens, though, have beaten them in a couple of playoff games. They they go toe-to-toe against the Patriots. Harbaugh is not intimidated by the Patriots. Yeah, no, uh, New England will, will finally be 
being a real game after after having you know yeah. things you know the way they have. So for the Monday night game, we have Dallas at the Giants, and that's eight fifteen p.m. on ESPN. There'll be plenty of Dallas fans there too. That's what always happens yeah. when uh, those games, those teams, when the Cowboys come to the Meadowlands. Okay. It'll, be, yeah, but it'll be different than the Charger, where there's I mean, there'll yeah. be probably ninety percent Packer fans and maybe ten percent right. Charger. Right. In the so the buys this week uh, coming up, we have Cincinnati, Atlanta. Boy, those two teams need buys. Uh, <laughs> the Rams. And uh, New Orleans. Rams and New Orleans don't. Cincinnati and Atlanta do. Okay. Yes. We, we, do we need to take our break? Is our, is, oh, no, we we have quick, quick, quick note. Isn't, isn't this the week now from Monday on that Kareem Hunt can practice with the coach? Uh, he can uh, actually yes. play, I think he can actually play now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, play, he can start play, practicing play, this play, play, after week eight. Yeah. Let's, um, let's do this. Let's take Pierre, and then we'll take our uh, break. So, Pierre, um, I imagine you're a pretty happy man. The Saints won. LSU is number one, and everything's just good down the there. Huh? Yeah, wow, what a weekend. LSU beat Auburn, number one in the nation. The Saints are seven and one. Of course, Drew Brees was rusty and shouldn't have played, according to the media, but uh, he did it. And also, I got my lady uh hooked up with... Um, with MLB and Teresa's listening to the game on You know, that is that reminds me, Pierre, that is we should mention that. For those who have that skill, Pierre sends me a message the other day and he says, How do I connect this up with the MLB? And I thought Pierre was crazy. I didn't think they were gonna fix that skill this late in the season, but they did. So if you if you use your Lady A to listen to baseball, all you have to do is go in and link your account with your MLB username and password, and you should be good to go. But it's, uh, uh, it's it's under activities. You have to open up your uh, your uh, uh, Alexa uh, app, and then it's under activities. Correct. Okay, but it's but it's working well, Pierre. Great, great. And what thing, okay. While you're here, while you're here, Pierre, and main reason we were talking about this, I think, in another place earlier, and Robert and some of us. What are, was now that he's back? But Bridgewater did well. What do they do with Bridgewater? Do, I uh, mean, part of you keep him, I, but then that I've also heard about that. I like, so there was a rumor. Go ahead. There was a rumor about him going to the Bears for Trevayo, but I don't know if that's going to no. happen. But no, I, I honestly think the Saints should keep him because he'll be Drew Brees' successor. That's you know. what I think. I think they they'll, they'll make a deal with him. If you stay, you're going to be our starter. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, it, 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 it'll depend, though, that deal. The Bridgewater has never had the opportunity to really get paid yet, and he did suffer that serious injury, and his career flies before his eyes. So he'll be money conscious coming out of this free agency. So whatever deal, whatever deal they make with him had better be extremely friendly because there will be uh, people buying for his services. I don't know about that because he took less money this year to stay with the Saints. He had better offers. And he took less money to stay with the Saints. But how are you in that position now, though, Pierre? You this, know? This, this, this was the year to do that, though, because last year he hadn't he hadn't right. really done anything. Yep. But now that he's played and shown and proved, yeah, you know, it, it'll be a little harder. Next, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, real, real, real quick, real quick, you guys, real quick, let's get to Jamal. Then we need to take our break because we do have a lot okay. of other stuff we need to but get. I do, I do want to get a couple of deaths of the NFL in before we leave football. So we'll do okay, Jamal so and Jamal, let's do Jamal. We'll do that. Then we'll take a break. Go ahead, Jamal. Well. About what happened, it was a coaching, coaching play calling that cost the Bears game, particularly in the first half when they were inside the red zone eight times. Only came up with three point, six point, no nine points, and you had the ball down there the goal line. You do a dog on screen, and then on top of that, 
people were going to blame the poor quarterback for loss of this game. It really wasn't tremendously his fault, in my opinion. Where the game was lost was Matt Nagy's play call, particularly on the on the play where Trubisky got sacked and lost the football in the fourth quarter on the on the drive. The, the Bears had the, the Bears had the ball, and instead of having Trubisky go back, they should have kept running, handing the ball off to uh, Montgomery and put Nero to be in position to kick a field goal the first time. And then when they had the, the last drive. They were on the 21-yard line with about 45 seconds left. Had a timeout left. Well, they were on, on the 16-yard line, Jamal. Yeah. The 16? 16. 16. Yeah, the 16. My, that's even worse. And my question is, why in the blue heck wouldn't you at least try to move the ball a little bit closer for the, the kid to hit the field goal? That's what you're supposed to do. That's normally what happens, Jamal. Field goal and yeah, I'll, 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 it's not a chip shot for anybody. You could be Jesus Christ. You could, and that's not a, that would be a tough kick. Uh, they could have thrown the that decision is that that's typically that's what ninety five percent of the coaches would have done. You you'd right. expect your field goal kicker to be able to make a forty one yarder. They might move it from half to half. I mean I understand because it didn't go in, it seemed, but but if you have if you have an opportunity to run that clock out and kick that field goal with zeros hitting the clock, most coaches take that. We see that happen all the time. But the, the it, but, but is, I know it was annoying that it didn't the get thing it. is right. they don't usually they lose eight yards. They might lose three yards doing that. I've never seen a, a, a game where somebody lost eight yards doing right. that. You know what I mean? Okay. That's another that's another all right, story. Okay, here's yes, what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do, you guys. Chris, hold on just a second. Okay. Let's take we're way past seven thirty. So let's take yeah. our break. Then we'll come back. We'll do the deaths. And uh, yep. just so you're aware, Bill, we may quite, we may overshoot eight just a little bit. But let's take our break now, and then we'll come back. Well, we are back, and I'm just going to say hello to a few listeners here tonight. Sure. Let's go to Warren. Say hello to Warren, Michigan. Gonzalez, Louisiana. You know who that uh, is? Yeah, we don't have to yeah. say hello to him. He's already been on here. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton Township, Michigan. Let's stay in Michigan. Uh, that's Laura. our friend Laura. That's yeah, Laura. that's Laura. Do we know somebody in Cambridge, Massachusetts? Uh, Cambridge? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to find out. Would that be Rick, Chris? Yeah. No, no. He's in, Quinn, he's in Braintree. Uh, oh, St. No. Louis, Missouri. Okay. St. Oh. Austin, Texas. Hi, Gary. Little Rock, Hello, Arkansas. Okay. Another Lance, Michigan. Lamita, California. Michigan. We have another German listener. Okay. Raleigh, North Carolina. We've had them before. I'd be Might be Let's go. With the Germans, apparently, though, with the German listeners. Let's go That's back good. to Canada and Montreal. See, they like some NHL and they like well, sports, we'll too. We'll talk about it if we have we'll time. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, we're going to probably run a little over. Another little rock. And okay. let's go to Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, that would be Karen, Karen, probably. Hello, Karen. Yeah. Another Williams Lake, British Columbia. Wow. Okay. Another Germany. Okay. Another Houston, Texas. Okay. Wheeling, Illinois, and another. We know who Braintree, Massachusetts. Yes, we and, do. That and that'll probably that do right. it. You guys take yeah. as much time as what you need, so okay. don't stress okay. it. Okay. Just okay. do it. Chris, why don't we do the deaths now? We and, have a couple of deaths in the NFL, and uh, one of them is, and I want Robert to comment when I run this down, uh, because uh, this is somebody that he sure remembers. Willie Brown died uh, yep. for the Oakland Raiders. He was 78 years old. 
he was uh, with Denver, which I didn't remember from 63 through 66. Then he went to the Raiders from 67 through 78. He uh, was a, a defensive back coach for the Raiders from 79 through 88. Then he was the staff development, whatever the heck that is, guy for the Raiders from 95 on until now. He uh, had, uh, had, of course, won three Super Bowl rings uh, with the Raiders uh, as an assistant. Uh, you know, he won them as assistant and as a player. Uh, and then he had uh, five uh, AFL All-Star appearances, four Pro Bowls. He had 54 interceptions in his career, and the play he's uh, he had uh, two touchdowns, and the play he's known for is the 75-yard interception run in Super Bowl XI, uh, and uh, Bill King's call about, there's old man Willie doing it. Uh, that that wrapped up the game. That yep. record stood for a uh, long interception in the Super Bowl until 2006. That's so, right. Uh, I know. I, I, I wish we could have found Bill King's call because that, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, no, he, uh, I grew up watching this this team in the 70s and he was one of the best and I met several of those Raiders off of that team with my Special Olympics work uh, you know although he wasn't one of them that that I'd met but uh, no that team was very very good and if it wouldn't have been for the Pittsburgh Steelers you know the Raiders might have been talking about you know four Super Bowls in six years or whatever it was Uh, John Madden put together a hell of a team and you know along with Davis and uh, he will certainly be missed yeah, and the other death, uh, and this is an old veteran, you know, we have uh, guys like me remember these people. Bernie Parrish, he played for the, uh, he was 83 years old, played for the Browns from 59 through 66. Then he went over to Houston in the uh, 66 season. He played one game <coughs> for the Browns, and he went over to Houston. He had, uh, he was in two Pro Bowls. He had 31 interceptions. He had four touchdowns, and uh, that, uh, you know, he was, he was quite, I remember him. We used to get the Browns on the radio up here, and uh, Bernie Bernie uh, uh, Parrish was in there all the time in the defensive backfield, and he was, uh, and the Browns, and he, of course, won uh, one NFL championship in 1964. Uh, uh, Chris, you're not the only Chris that remembered him. Uh, Mad Dog did quite a thing on him the other day on, on oh, his good. show. Oh, so. good. No, no, that's Another good to person here do remember him, yeah. No, that's all right. Anyway, so there you go. So, uh, all right, I guess we're ready for baseball, huh? And, yep. uh we will do that. We have, of course, the World Series is now tied at two games apiece uh, because last night uh, Houston uh, beat the uh, Nationals 8-1. Uh, to one. So we've had no home wins yet, all road wins. Uh, the only series I can ever – well, of course, we're exactly where we were in Game 5. The, the Red Sox did win their Game 5 and took the 3-2 to two lead. Uh, but the, looking at the recent series where uh, the team lost their first two games at home and went on to win the series with the Yankees in 86 and the Mets in 96. 96. 96. No, the Yankees in 96. The Yankees in 96 and the Mets in 86. I got to run right. backwards and yeah. but no, the there's a run. In twenty in twenty six times that that the team has been up. There's been uh, twenty six times that the team has been out two games to zero. There's only been three times where they came back and the other team won. It was the eighty five Royals over the Cardinals, and, but that was not down the road. Eighty six Mets over the Red Sox, and then the ninety six Yankees over the Braves. John, remember over the Braves, over the Braves and Braves, John yeah. Smoltz and all those guys. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. That was so, so, we are um, underway in game five tonight, Chris, and in the second inning, uh, we still don't have a home team that's uh, probably going to win because the Astros are already have a 2 nothing lead in the second inning. Who, who is pitching for the Nationals tonight? Joe Ross. It is a Joe, Ross Joe Ross for the Nationals and for the Astros, it's Garrett Cole. Yeah. Is it going to be a bullpen game, do they say, on the, uh, the, the Nationals? They, they are hoping that Joe Ross can go several innings and then the bullpen will take over. So okay, just kind of play it by ear. Good so we did have some uh, changes, of course, in front offices and, and managers. And, managers. and yep. uh, first of all, and we can certainly get comments, uh, David Ross hired officially by the Cubs. So what do you think there, Perry? You know, there was a poll done on uh, ESPN 1000 by David Kaplan, and uh, 50% were in favor of the hire and 41% was not that's quite a i mean for a for a 
someone to not be happy, that's quite a minority of a fan base not to be happy by the hiring. Well, Gary, you're a real lifelong Cubs fan. What do you think? I think if the Cubs wanted to win now, they should have gone with Joe Girardi. Right. Okay. Now, the thing is that, uh, you know, I think Madden was still very popular with the fans. It, it's, uh, I, I don't think, I don't know what kind of polls might have been taken when Bobby Valentine was hired, and hopefully it doesn't, isn't a disaster like that was for the Red Sox. When Bobby Valentine was hired, <laughs> after Terry Francona was let go, I don't think people were very happy. They were so mad that Terry Francona was let go. So I think that was part of the, the reason. I don't think it's Ross so much as, uh, as the, you know, I think the problem. I think the problem, Chris, is that people – kind of understand that with the, with the loss of Madden, you're now going to have this thing with the front office helping with the pitching changes and lineups yeah. and all that stuff. Fans, as a whole, do not like that. No, no. And I think this, oh, I have a feeling that baseball will change back again. I have a feeling that somebody's going to win doing the old-fashioned way, the seat of their pants, and people are going to, it doesn't mean you can't pay attention to the uh, analytics, but don't let it rule you. I think that's the idea. I, I think you really need to use some judgment, too. And uh, there's plenty of old managers that would, would walk out of the dugout if somebody was, you know, trying to, you know, Earl Weaver brought this into baseball a little bit. He, he had some charts, and he kept track of pitchers and this and that. But if somebody had come in and said, you know, if he didn't want to play a hunch, he'd still play a hunch. And I think that you've got to use both. You've just going to use your feeling, too, sometimes. Your gut. Joe Girardi was, however, hired by the Phillies, and I think that's a good hire for them. Yeah, that's a very good hire for the Phillies. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, it's going to help Philadelphia a great deal, and the people in New York are not happy because the no. Mets fans wanted Girardi to be the manager of the Mets. Yeah, and the thing is, too, he's got a big media market to deal with. He's got Bryce Harper to deal with, uh, and I think he's the kind of guy who can do it. He's low-key, but he, he knows what to do. He's experienced. And, and Bryce uh, Harper wanted Dusty Baker, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, he had him before, so I understand that. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But, and uh, the Pirates fired their president. I don't know if this is uh, significant. I know the GM is staying it, here. It is, it is significant because he had been there for 12 years, and now they're wondering what this means for um, the GM <clears throat> of the Pirates. Honey, yeah. Okay. And I was listening to WIP before they made the announcement on Girardi, and apparently the uh, GM of the Phillies and the president, Andy McPhail, and the GM, Matt Clintock, I think is his name. Clintock. 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 They wanted to hire Buck Showalter, but the owner said that he wanted Joe Girardi. I think I would go with Girardi, too, for me. I I think I would rather. Showalter is a good manager, too, but I think I would just go with with, uh, with Girardi. I think he's got a real track record, and, uh, you know. So uh, San Diego hired Jace Tingler. Tell us about Jace Tingler, Harry. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I don't he, know anything he about was him. A, he was a coach with the Texas Rangers. I guess he's done some managing in winter ball down in the Dominican. But uh, I kind of figured the Padres would go with someone kind of the opposite of what they had with Andy Green. But they're going with somebody else just like Andy Green who had no experience. And okay. this guy's only 38 years old. So it'll be interesting how Manny Machado will take orders from somebody that young, you know. <laughs> well, Manny Machado, uh, I, you know, Bryce Harper, I think there's some hope for. Manny Machado, I, boy, I don't know. I don't have much faith I t- in that. I t- agree. That's yeah. why I wouldn't give him a ten-year deal worth three hundred million dollars. So there was a there was something brought up. We've got some openings, and each week we run through them and see what the rumors are. And uh, there was something brought up about the Mets. Did anybody find out anything about the Mets? There was the Mets running. apparently the leader in the clubhouse for the Mets so far is Eduardo Perez. Yeah. Okay. But uh, and they released something else tonight about a new candidate. But did you check that out, Perry? I did not see it. So we okay. will, we'll, well, we'll look at okay, that. And hopefully, hopefully by next week we'll have something official. Yeah, we should, we should know. Okay. Uh, anything new on the Pirates other than their flux with the presidency and so Nothing forth? Nothing new on the Pirates. Okay. Giant. 
Uh, Mark Hatze is, is believed to be the leader in the clubhouse, but they are interviewing some other candidates as well. Yes. Okay. And the Royals? Uh, the leader there apparently is Mike Matheny, and I don't know, I've not heard of anybody else being interviewed, but Mike Matheny, if that's, if that's who they're going to hire, he's an internal candidate, so I don't know why they don't just... You know, go ahead and yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be a good hire. I mean, he, he did okay with the Cardinal, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they just missed uh, the Royal. If, if he can deal with uh, rebuilding, that's always a question. But, you know, hopefully, and if he's an internal candidate and knows people there, uh, that's probably a good hire. <laughs> and I think one hired. of the issues, Chris, with, with the Royals is they're in the process of, of getting a new owner, too. So that, yes. that may be playing oh. something into this. I don't know that, but that may be Maybe the sale will be announced after the World Series. They have right. to wait for that or yeah. something. The Red Sox hired their general manager, and that came out of the blue. I never heard of this guy, uh, Kime Bloom. is Kime Bloom, and he yeah. was the uh, assistant general manager for the Rays organization. So that should be a good hire. Yes, I think so. And the uh, Dan Shaughnessy was very in favor. I saw his column yesterday in the Globe. He was very in favor of it. He said he could be the <clears throat> the next Theo, you know, a young uh, Jewish baseball student, and sort of, uh, you know, he'll go along with this uh, analytics and all that, and he will certainly be part of a team. That he's always been part of a team, and uh, that that was not the case. Uh, Dombrowski basically felt like he should uh, just be running things and uh, that rubbed people the wrong way, uh, you know, Sam Kennedy and others. So I think this is going to work out uh, for the Red Sox. And certainly people who uh, are from Tampa Bay ought to know where to get talent in obscure places because that's what they have to do. They don't have the money. And uh, so this will be, even though uh, there's still rumors that they're going to want to be trading perhaps Mookie Bats and not resigning Martinez. That's, we'll see about Chris, that that, that's something, Chris, that I think you and I should probably bring up while we're on baseball is several of these teams, including the Red Sox and including the Cubs, really want to get below this luxury tax because what if what happens is each year you go over the luxury tax, it gets a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher. So they want to get below the kind of what the Yankees did. You know, they wanted to get below it so they could reset. That's mm-hmm. what these teams want to do. The Cubs and the Red Sox are the two that I've really heard that want to get below. But if they're going to do it, both the Cubs and the Red Sox are going to have to make some difficult decisions and probably trades to players they don't want to. And I know in the Cubs case, you know, everybody thinks about, you know, the the guys like David Bodie, Addison Russell, people like that. That's not going to matter. It's going to be somebody, if they want to really cut, it's going to be somebody like, for example, a Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, somebody who's making money. They, they need to cut millions uh, of dollars. Right. And the Red Sox have already committed. You know, they're, they're kind of stuck with David Price, but they've already, and, and Chris Hale, not so much stuck. I think he'll be back. But, you know, they, they have things that are, they did Bogarts already. So if they're not going to do, you know, they can only do some of them. I understand that. If they want to do Devers, they're probably going to have to uh, get rid of um, Beth and let Martinez go. And, and, I, uh, and I read in the Globe today, they also have to figure out what to do with Justin Pedroia because he's true. still making quite a bit of money and he's got two years left. I think he's going to retire. I, I, I can't imagine. And I think he'll do it for the team. He's been a team guy all along. I don't think he's just going to hang around and, and get money unless he really thinks he can play. But even that, <clears throat> if he has another spring training and, and get you know to the end of spring training and thought he could play and let he play like three games or something. So Yeah, you know, it's been what, nine games the last two years. Or yeah, so I, I think he'll retire. And then, you know, and, and he'll get and what they'll do because he, he was, he's a good guy they'll they'll make sure he gets taken care of uh you know with a job or, or whatever you know special scout a legend whatever they want to do you know we have these legends that are Fenway all special, the time and, a special advisor to the front office he'll be fine uh so then we had a couple of uh, we have a, a little more i guess on the eric cooper it turns out it was a blood clot of some sort that killed eric cooper yeah, we, he had uh, knee surgery and it was a blood clot that that you know got out of the wrong place and that's what caused 
uh, wow. the death of Eric Cooper. Now, let's, we can clean up one thing. Eric Cooper was a part-time umpire starting in 96, but he was a full-time major league umpire from 99 until the present. Right. And so that's similar. Isn't that what happened to Bill King as well? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Bill, Bill King was having a hip, hip replacement surgery, and he died on the operating table because of a blood clot. Yes. So, but we lost another, another umpire. Yes, we did. <laughs> another death, correct. No, the harbinger of death here. Chuck Merriweather died. He uh, was 63 years old, and uh, so he was an American League umpire. Remember back when we had umpires in both league, each league from 88 to 99. Then he became an MLB umpire in 2000 through 2009. He was he was in eight league champion eight uh, division championship series uh, two uh, World Series well two All Star games two uh, league championship series and two World Series and the two World Series he was in the Red Sox won yay oh four and oh seven and he I think he was behind the plate when they won in St Louis in oh four so there yep. you go and um, and he was the second uh, Black American League umpire Emmett Ashford had retired in 1970 uh, he had been the first and then uh, Merriweather came along in 1988 so that's kind of a a strange uh, statistic. You would think they would have had somebody for 18 years in there, but uh, that's the way that was. So I think, has anybody else got any more baseball stuff? Uh, no. no. I think, I think, I think what we would, I think, what, well, let's hit the, let's hit the NBA real quick, and then we'll, we'll get the pro out of the way, and then we'll get the college in on its own. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, the, NBA, the NBA, and then, and then hockey. Yeah, yeah. yeah the NBA okay. is, uh, of course, about, they started on Tuesday. The Raptors received their rings. Uh, they beat the Pelicans, and overtime Pelicans fans are going crazy because they haven't won a game yet, uh, or at least they hadn't as of yesterday. Um, so the Pelicans fans are going crazy because they haven't won. But um, I don't mean reason. You really follow the NBA. But the two the things that I've noticed in the first few days, the most disappointing team so far, I would say, would be the Warriors. And out of the ones that I've seen, the, the probably the surprising team in my mind would be the Timberwolves. Yeah, no. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns has really been playing out of his mind and, and living up to all of what he's supposed to be at this moment, and they are playing really well. That would and, be a good. Uh, that would be a good Midwestern story if they could keep that up. It would. I'm be. surprised. I'm surprised about my Spurs even. I mean, two zero. I mean, yeah, granted they played the Knicks in Washington, but still, you know, I mean, they got well with it. But they do have Dejounte Murray back this year, so. Uh, the box of the Rockets played a decent game I saw the other night, so I mean that was a pretty good for th- for a Thursday night game. And the Clippers are definitely for real. Um, I, as a Warriors fan, I have to agree with Charles Barkley and others that say that they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> because because the simple fact is they don't have enough scoring. Draymond Green is not a scorer. Curry can't do it by himself, and I don't know how consistent D'Angelo Russell is going to be. And Clay Thompson may not play the entire season. So um, uh, I heard an interview with uh, Steve Kerr the other day, and Robert, he said it is unlikely that he will play. They won't totally rule him out, but he said it is very unlikely. I, I totally agree with that. Cause, uh, so I, I think we're in for a lottery year. And uh, any I, other main reason, I, 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 any, I, I, other, I, any other NBA highlights that you could uh, Okay, main reason at some say. What's up? Go ahead, main reason. Well, I think with a lot of the backlash that the Warriors got, the second guessing of how the Kevin Durant situation was handled, even though the Warriors were without fault, Kevin Durant clearly wanted to play, they're going to be extra cautious about Clay Thompson. I wouldn't be surprised, even if Clay Thompson is demanding to play, they sit him out for the season for that reason. Even though mm-hmm. most people recovering from the ACL that he comes in, if them playing later in this season wouldn't be out of the question, but I don't think that the Warriors are going to allow it. 
No, of course, Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson out six to eight weeks with a torn meniscus, a right yes, meniscus. We didn't right. know about that until right yeah. before the before the season started. And uh, we, we can also let our friend, and I, he knew this already, but let our friend D-Train know that the Knicks are as bad as advertised. They and, are and, uh, terrible. And we, <laughs> also, we already had an NBA drug suspension, DeAndre Ayton. Oh. DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns was suspended 25 games, apparently for using some diuretic. So okay. uh, um, I don't have any other details, mainly even. Uh, have you heard any more on that? Not simply that he was using a di- uh, uh What he was using was a diuretic that's typically used to my other things. He's saying it was um, normal and okay, and they're saying nah, so they gave him 25 games. Yeah, okay. Okay. And that's a shame because as a young player, Luka Doncic and Trey Young overshadowed DeAndre Aiden, but he had a very good rookie year last year. Even if yeah. Phoenix wasn't a good team, his stats and numbers and play were pretty good. Okay, and we have one uh, NBA death to, uh, to mention, Bob Rule. Uh, he uh, played, uh, uh, he was 75 years old. He uh, played for Seattle from 67 through 71. He was then with Philadelphia in 71 and 72, Cleveland 72-73, Milwaukee for just a game in 74. He uh, was an all-star in 70, and he was the all-rookie uh, team in 68. He was left-handed, and what used to happen is he used to give Bill Russell a hard time. I think Bill was left-handed, too, and he, he was so used to playing right-handed centers. He used to give Bill Russell a hard time. You know, just uh, used to have trouble defending Bob Rule, who was an okay player, but uh, not, you know, not a Hall of Famer, but Bill Russell knew he was around, that's for sure, but uh, uh, Bob Rule uh, was like uh, the first center, you know, when, when Seattle had been in expansion, that's why they got him right off the bat, and then, of course, the next year, uh, Milwaukee got uh, Jabbar, so, and then Al Cinder, shall we say, at that time, so it was kind of like, well, we got Bob Rule, yeah, but we got uh, we got Al Cinder, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, okay, so that's uh, the NBA, anybody else with the NBA? Well, the one thing I'll say about this, oh, as far as that, then I'm not aware of. No. Okay. But do you have any other basketball? Any, any other basketball things? Observations? Uh, just, just that I think that the word of this particular season is is anticipation and unpredictability because basically there are only four teams, that being the Grizzlies, the Wizards, the Hornets, and, and Phoenix, that going into the season you thought didn't have a chance of reaching their goal, whether that goal was to contend for the playoffs, make the playoffs, contend for a conference finals or win a championship. All these goals are within reach. So, like, even listening to ringside Robert talk about the Warriors, and, 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 and I understand the gloomy prognostication for the Warriors, but I don't think they're going to be a 61 team this year, and I don't think – I think the Warriors will still be one of those teams that fight for the bottom half of the playoff race in the West. I think everything is in play in the East. I don't, Even though the Clippers have looked impressive, I don't think the Clippers are going to run away with this thing. It's just the Clippers came into the season with a team that essentially was already intact, only adding one player, whereas all these other teams are adding more significant fundamental pieces to what they're doing, and, and, and Kawhi is important. Well, Kawhi he, did, he didn't change one, the way the Clippers play. Keep one thing in mind, main reason, Paul George is still injured, and when he comes back, the Clippers are going to look unstoppable. So, you know. They, they, they are, and, and, and I, I, I can understand the Clippers being a favorite, but I think I think – I think all of that, I think the Clippers are going to come back to the pack. I think the pack is going to catch up with the Clippers. This is going to be a season where everything is in play. No one, not even the Clippers, are going to run away with it. Uh, I I noticed you didn't throw the Bulls and the Knicks into that horrible category. Why is that? Uh, Well, the Knicks happened, but the ray of hope for Knicks fans is R.J. Barrett has looked pretty good. Okay, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett, so if, and 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 um, that that the, the Knicks need all the hope that they can get. So RJ Barrett has looked good, but what's coming under question now is that coach uh, David Fisdale seems not to have a plan at all. He's just throwing players out there, and nothing's working. And I think he's being questioned. And uh, you know, typical okay. typical Knicks, typical Knicks. Yeah. And how about how about your Bulls? Yeah. How yeah. about the Bulls? Yeah. How about the Bulls, D Train? I I to me they okay. don't look, they don't look that That's good. The same <laughs> D Train. I am. Um, <laughs> we, Chris was talking about D-Train with the Knicks, so I get my yeah, – right, right. go, go ahead, main reason. How about the Bulls? <laughs> Going into the season, I was really um, – I was really bullish on the Bulls and, and, and really believed in what they were, what they were doing. Uh, I, I, I don't have a read yet. They need to play better, but I will say this. The rookie Kobe White, despite having a bad game in his last game yesterday, is the truth. He's the truth. They have, they seem to have the pieces in place to be a team that contends for the bottom of the Eastern playoff, perhaps a playoff, but perhaps not, but be in the hunt later in the year. But I don't know why they have only been able to get one win so far. Well, we, have officially, we have officially gone into overtime now. Overtime. So, with, yes. the, with that, Robert, football. Robert, is there any NHL stuff we need to hit before we go to the college football? Um, well, uh, they had their first outdoor game of the year last night in uh, Saskatchewan, uh, and they drew uh, 33,518. That was between the Winnipeg Jets and the uh, Calgary Flames. And NBC Sports actually picked up the CBC call of that. I found that to be interesting. Normally, when NBC Sports Network decides to cover a hockey game, they normally send their own crew. But uh, they had their own crew at the Boston game last night, and they actually picked up the broadcast of Calgary and Winnipeg. And I only saw the third period in overtime because I was watching the World Series. But uh, they, uh, a good time was had by all. And I guess snow was falling throughout the game. And oh, the, cool. NHL, the NHL has gotten off to a decent start. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, um, I, I don't think there's any real shocks. I mean, Buffalo's gotten off to a real Yeah, what about Buffalo? High. Buffalo's amazing so far. They, you know? But they, they did the same thing last year, and then when, once, once December hit, they collapsed and wasn't heard from. So nobody's quite taking them seriously. So, um, And uh, there are some teams that have gotten off to some sluggish starts, including my Sharks. So um, we'll just wait and see. It's a little early to uh, you know to, to point out things quite yet. So. That's the thing with the NBA and the NHL. They're long seasons, and I know yeah. teams get off to slow starts or fast starts. You kind of have to let it play out a little bit yeah. and see yeah, how it goes. A couple of deaths, and then we can get to college football. I know uh, Sean is chomping at the bit. Uh, <laughs> Nick Polano died at 78 years old. He coached uh, the uh, Red Wings from 82 through 85. Uh, he had a, a sterling record of 79, 127, and 34. Hey, yeah, hey. that's really impressive. <laughs> he was the first coach for Mike Illich, the owner of the Red Wings. So, you know, they had to start somewhere. And, of course, later on, they won a bunch of cups. Uh, and then he was assistant general manager uh, after that. And then Teddy Green died in a former Boston Bruin. Uh, and uh, he uh, was with the Bruins. He was 79. He was with Bruins from 61 through 72. People don't even know that he was there that far back. He would come. The Bruins had such a bad team. They'd bring people up and send them down, bring them up, send them down. But, uh, you know, they really started to kick it into gear about 67. But uh, anyway, he was with the Bruins 61 to 72. And then he was with uh, the Whalers, uh, the New England Whalers, from 72 through 75 in the WHA. And then uh, the Winnipeg Jets from 75 through 79. Then assistant coach with Edmonton. He, he, he was, uh, I don't have the years on that, but he was 
good friends with Glenn Sather, who was also in the Bruins farm system before he went to Minnesota in the expansion. And so uh, he was hired as an assistant and then as a head coach from 91 to 93. He was in, he had his name on seven Stanley Cup, five as an assistant with the, with Edmonton and two with the Bruins in 70 and 72. But he actually didn't play in the 69, 70 season. He got his name on the cup. He was injured by a vicious stick attack by Chico Mackey of the uh, St. Louis Blues in preseason. And he was out for the year, but they of course put his name on the cup. And people don't remember this. He was on the first Avco Cup. The Avco Cup was for the WHA, and uh, the Whalers won that in 72-73. So you don't, no one even knows anything about the Avco Cup. And maybe it didn't even say named that, but anyway, they, he was on that as well. So there you go. College football. Okay, what do you, what do you guys think about the that? Biggest, yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest thing in college football, bar none, was Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. Uh, yeah. 48 to 41. That was the biggest upset. Uh, Ohio State beat Wisconsin 24 to 7. Uh, Oklahoma State beat Iowa State. I would call that a minor upset. That's minor upset. Um, uh, GCU beat Texas, but Texas kind of, yeah. Self-destructive Michigan bounce back. Notre Dame's out of the playoff picture yep. because they lost. To, I mean, they didn't even show up in that game in the Big House against Michigan. Notre Dame did not. Uh, and then, of course, teams that are sneaking up there. They've been two teams that you wouldn't have thought they were buried down there because you know because past Minnesota and Baylor both eight and zero. Oh, and you want to talk about some chaos? Let's say this happens: uh, Minnesota and Baylor end up winning their conferences, but then you got like LSU, Alabama. One of them will have one loss. You know, Auburn already has one loss. They may have two or whatever. You have these teams with one loss, maybe a Florida or even let's say Minnesota beats Ohio State in the conference championship, and Ohio State has the one loss. Does a undefeated Minnesota or an undefeated Baylor go in over one of these one-loss Alabama right. or LSU? So now, we were, before the show, we were talking about who the undefeated teams actually are now. It's down to a reasonable amount of teams. So why don't you run down who they are? Minnesota, Baylor, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, uh, Clemson, 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 Penn State, and, and, and SMU. SMU's the other one. Yes, and SMU, uh, the top-ranked team out of the group of five, and they've been an interesting story themselves. And, of course, this week, really, the big game I can see, of course, the cocktail party. Well, we can't call it the cocktail party well, anymore. we're going to call it the cocktail party. We can't on this show. We can't yeah. on the And Tua, okay. Tua had his surgery. Tua had his surgery. He's expected to be back. Uh, well, they're saying, oh, he'll make it by the night, but we'll see We'll see what happens there. But uh, you, have, you have some interesting Interesting games coming up like this. These teams coming, I mean, teams that have been down, well, we all know the Baylor situation, and of course, Minnesota has been down, but these teams have just come from out of nowhere, and Minnesota, all Minnesota has is Wisconsin, Baylor has Oklahoma. Uh, Minnesota also has Penn State. Yeah, Minnesota, okay, they do have Penn State, that's right. I think Baylor Iowa State already played, right? Yes. Correct. Now, since you, Perry, and Sean follow these polls, can you explain to me how... Uh, LSU can be number one over, say, Alabama. Well, because it, because it's all, it's just really for, well, it's the AP, too. It's just a yeah. thing of. Oh, the AP comes out, oh, the AP comes out tomorrow, I think. Yeah, uh, well, uh, like Clemson. It's just, on, it's just, it's a thing of how you, per, all of it, all the polls really are, Robert, is how people perceive teams. Okay. In all and honesty, that's really it. And in the coaches, Paul, honestly, a lot of coaches aren't even catching their votes. Like They're not. Okay. But, if, but, if, but if people want to know, it is LSU number one, Alabama number two, 
uh, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the thing I brought up before the show, and I just want to throw it in, in pro sports and in all other college sports, college football is the only sport that's happened. Part of it is because we only have a four-team playoff and it's not eight teams or whatever. But it's almost like, okay, if you're Buffalo, now they lost today. But, you know, you can go from no one considering you even making the playoff to winning the Super Bowl. Just do it on the field, win enough games, beat the right teams, go to the Super Bowl, win it, that's it. But Minnesota is, it was undefeated. We talked about the undefeated teams. They're in a big conference. Okay, SMU isn't. That's, you know, we understand that that's part of it, the power rating thing. But Minnesota going into yesterday at 7-0, and now they'll probably pick up a couple, three notches because they won, but they're 8-0. They'd be maybe 14, 13, something like that. They're undefeated. Their teams, tons of teams with one loss. Now people say, well, they haven't played anybody. Now the reason it doesn't matter in college basketball is you get 64 teams in or 68 or whatever you want to say it yeah, is. 68, I think. 68. Yeah. You get 68 yeah. teams in, and the polls mean nothing. You get a 2-seed, a 3-seed, a 4-seed, whatever you get. Nobody really cares. That's a subject to debate. You can only have four number one seeds, four number two seeds, and people complain about their seeding and what they have to do. But you've got you can settle it on the court. If you're good enough, you're going to win the win the whole thing. In football, you could have a Minnesota who, in the right circumstances, might be undefeated and might not go, and right. a couple of one loss teams might go. And it's and, it's I, just, and, and not only might Minnesota not go, but the SEC conference might still get two teams right. in with Minnesota not very Minnesota. very possible. And, well, before yeah. before we wrap, let's uh, Jerry go ahead and give me a quick comment. Okay, I just want to, I really, uh, I, I think that uh, Pitt's hopes of the Coastal Division title and the ACC are really dwindling down. Uh, it was a heartbreaking loss yesterday to Miami, and uh, but uh, Penn State's doing great. Well, the thing yes, with Pitt, and I heard some of that game, and they were their own worst enemy. They turned the ball over a bunch of times, and they, the defense played well, but the offense turned it over, and that's what set up Miami in good field position to win, the, win this game. What about tomorrow night? Is, are, is Pittsburgh going to pay Miami back for that one tomorrow night, Jerry? Uh-oh, my, my fault. I already muted Jerry, so we'll... <laughs> Jerry would say yes. Jerry would say yes. Sean, why don't you go ahead, Sean, and give us our particular... Yeah, let me get out of here because... Let me, let me do this because we don't want to go into our fifth overtime where we have to go for two like to do in college football. But all right, if you want to tell a friend or if you miss this, you can download uh, the podcast by typing in uh, Worldwide Legend Podcast in your podcatcher, select Sports Lounge Live, or you can go to legendoldies.com and do it, or you can listen on your phone, 773-572-7715. Those are the ways to listen or tell your smart device, play Legend Oldies Podcast and say, uh, go to Sports Lounge Live. And if you're listening on the podcast and you want to comment anytime this week, remember 800-693-0595, option two, leave us a voicemail. And next week we will be back, uh, and well, an hour early, a fall back. Yeah, we will. That's correct. We will. Yeah. We will reset our clocks and be ready to go. Unless you're in Arizona, you don't have to do it, or Hawaii. 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 You don't have to do anything. Yep. 